Hi everyone, my name is Michaela, and this is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, where we spotlight stories from our community to uplift the collective consciousness. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. I'm so glad to be here with you today. We have Kelly Alvarado Young with us today, who is part of the My Vinyasa Practice community. She is a fellow podcaster herself, and she's here to just kind of share her experience with us today. Um, Kelly, how are you feeling? Hey there, I am doing very well. I am coming to you today from the Seminole Nations lands in Florida. And usually I am in Pullman, Washington, where my home base is. And that is the home of the Spokane, Palouse, and Nez Perce peoples. So really enjoying the warm weather. It's very hot in Florida in the summer. And uh, I did not realize that until I came. Pleasant surprise. So you're, you're steaming down there, I'm sure. Yes, it's uh, right now as we're recording 10 a.m. and it's already 85 degrees with a 95% humidity. Oh, you've beat us here in Austin, Texas. I am sitting at a nice 80. Yes, and we'll take the 40 degree or 40% humidity over 95. (laughs) Yes. My friend. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. So Thank you for sharing and thank you for sharing um, the land that you are on and honoring the, the Native people. Um, I appreciate that very much. I would like to ask you to share a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you like to do, what brought you to yoga? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast to be able to share a little bit more about my story. I think it's so powerful for us to make these connections. And especially for myself, I was a completely online MVP student. And it was really because of the pandemic that I had the opportunity to come into yoga and be able to deepen my own practice and now be able to focus on sharing yoga with other Latinas. So my name is Dr. Kelly Alvarado Young. I use she, her, ella pronouns, and I am a first-generation Latina mommy, scholar, yogi, and I have really enjoyed yoga as a way of healing myself and being able to look at generational healing for my family lineage. My family comes from Puerto Rico and I have really been digging into my ancestry to better know who my family was as we look at the colonization, especially of the various islands in the Caribbean and Puerto Rico continuing to be a colony of the United States. That's a whole nother podcast, girl. We could go down that rabbit hole. I think it's important that for me to be able to identify those generational patterns that no longer serve me in this lifetime. And that's how I came into yoga. My first marriage, I am a domestic violence survivor. And it was one of those things where I didn't realize what love was. I thought love hurt. I thought love was standing by people no matter what, even if it was destructive towards yourself and others. 
And being able to go to yoga was where I found that inner voice on the mat. My first experience with yoga was hot yoga. And I remember sitting in a room just crying during a camel pose. And they had said, oh, this is a pose. You might feel some emotions. You're opening up your heart chakra. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm getting a good stretch. And that's where it clicked for me, where I really had that mind, body, spirit connection and fell in love with yoga and continued practicing for about 10 years on my own. Always wanted to do a teacher training, but as a full-time working professional, uh, a new wife, a new mom, a PhD student, I didn't have the space to be able to go to a weekend intensive for an entire month or, you know, a full week intensive. Thankfully with COVID, it was a blessing in disguise that as I was looking to find something to help me manage my own stress and anxiety of the pandemic, I started falling into a daily yoga practice, doing asanas and meditations. And on Instagram, that marketing was really good. They got me. And I was like, oh, what's this MVP place? And I started exploring, oh, this is really cool to be able to learn and deepen my understanding of yoga beyond the physical practice, because I knew for me, yoga was not about the physical practice. It really is about that breath. It is about listening to the rajas and tamas and finding that balance and being able to observe my feelings, thoughts, and experiences without judgment. And that has helped tremendously with managing all the things in my life, which again, I have a lot going on. I like to be a little extra. And I say I'm a recovering perfectionist because our society is, you need to be perfect. You need to do everything right the first time. And yoga has helped me realize I'm not going to be perfect at everything. And I can still love myself because of it. I am able to come to the mat and do practice because life is a practice and I get to try again tomorrow. So my long-winded answer, but... I think yoga has absolutely become an integral part of my life and helped me refine myself. First of all, please forgive me for missing your title. Thank you. you. (laughs) Uh, That is a big thing. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Um, Second of all, thank you for sharing, um, being vulnerable with us and sharing your story with us. you have a very succinct way of speaking, but that was a very beautiful story to have that space for yourself. Even if it was just an hour, whenever, however many times to start to build up that we practice on the mat so we can practice better off the mat. Yes. You were just, you were starting that already without even knowing it. I love that. Yes. And it's been wonderful to share that with others. And especially here in the West, folks think that yoga is whatever you look at the hashtag yoga is on Instagram, these banana forms and beyond flexible experiences with able-bodied folks. 
And that's not what yoga is. And that's what led me to be able to start my own yoga online studio called La Brega Yoga Flow and Wellness. And that's where my podcast is, Wellness Cheese Mit Chat, which I can go ahead and send you the link to include in the show notes, where we can talk about BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color centered wellness. What does that look like from a experience that is racialized, an experience where there are lots of gendered norms and being able to say, hey, if life is a practice, today I can be okay and maybe I might mess up on using pronouns or I might be questioning why do I have to do what I do because that's what mommy and papi expect me to do. And being able to come to the mat to do that through restorative yoga, slow flow, and just meditation is what I have loved being able to share with others, and especially Latinas, because there are so many stereotypes of who we are. The spicy Latina, the angry Latina, the one who does whatever the man, quote unquote, says in a heteronormative experience. And we are so much more than that. And we need to find that for ourselves first before we can identify how to share that out with others. I'm loving all of this. I'm First of all, I'm hating that I'm learning it now that you have your studio, your online studio, that you have your podcast, but I'm glad that I am learning it. Uh, so thank you for sharing. I would love the information to put in the in the bio or in the description for the listeners if they would like to explore that. Um, I think that that's a, I can't believe that with all of your time, all of your time that you, the spare time that you have, that you have been able to do that and center a space for BIPOC people to focus on healing for themselves. Yes. And I'll share with you one way that I realized for myself that this is my calling. My calling is to support folks in their life transitions, whatever that may be, to find their most confident and abundant selves. And finding it for me was actually through astrology. So I will share growing up, my mom would always go to the bodega every year at the beginning of the year and buy a, uh, horoscope for the year. And the bodega is like a Puerto Rican grocery store, 7-Eleven mini mart type of place, right? And we'd go in there, we'd get this little book magazine and it would have all the horoscopes in it. And, you know, we just kind of follow it and read it for the day. And it was fun. And then as an adult, I have always loved the stars and I am an Aquarius rising with a Sagittarius moon and a Taurus, uh, hold on. I'm Aquarius sun, Sag moon and Taurus rising. So I feel deeply. I love new ideas and my Taurus rising helps me activate those ideas in a very thoughtful and methodical way. And by getting a better understanding that, Hey, this is my soul's deepest calling to do these things for everything that I do. So I do it in my professional work where I work for a global tech company overseeing onboarding for new hires across the globe. And 
I do it in my work with La Brega of being able to find these ideas, right? These wellness ideas that have been almost, oh, I can't think of the word, trivialized in a way that it's like, oh, go practice self-care. And I was just reading something where they were talking about how the early 2000s was all about boss lady hustle culture. And now post-pandemic, it's about care culture. And I really feel this shift in this desire to not work 80 hours a week, to have actual work-life balance and saying, here are my boundaries of what I need in my life. And because I've deepened my understanding of who I am in alignment with the stars and the cosmos, that I am confident that I am doing my soul's calling. And that has helped me be able to say, yes, this is where I need to spend my time. And it fuels me to want to do it. I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm going to tell you there are days where I'm like, oh my God, I cannot go back to social media and post something. I cannot be inspirational today. I'm tired. I have a three-year-old. It's exhausting. <laughs> yes. My sweet baby love. And oh man, he's a, he is a cancer son and Pisces uh moon so lots of emotions going on in there so i tell you i'm tired but i appreciate going back to those yogic principles of this is a practice and today i might not get to my social media or get to my website and that's okay because i am focusing on what is most important in my values what a very interesting shift um from that boss lady culture. Cause you're right. I, I remember that, um, into this kind of like care and not just yeah. the superficial care, the deep mm -hmm. down care. Yes. I loved, I listened to a podcast. I can't remember which one it was, but the person talking had shared, she was like, you can't do, Oh, it was my own podcast talking with Delcy Sandoval, the, uh, uh, host of Ocupación podcast, which I will go ahead and drop the link as well for y'all in the show notes. Delcy talked about how as a licensed mental health counselor, you couldn't do traumatic work all week, difficult work all week, and then just go get a pedicure and say, oh, I've self-cared. I'm okay. If you're pouring out of your cup all week and you say, oh, I'm going to put on you know, this eye mask, which again, is a good practice to create that space. I'm not saying that that's bad. And is it enough to refill your cup at the level of energy that you're expending in the work, in the family, in just society in general, with all of the things occurring with violence against women and abortion rights, with violence against Black and Indigenous folks, with the missing Indigenous women of this world, it can become super overwhelming. And we need to continue to fuel ourselves so that we can stay active. And when I say to myself, I can't watch the news today, I can't handle this, that's when I know I have not been doing self-care for myself because I need to remain in awareness of what is happening so that, oops, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> so I need to stay in awareness for myself so that I can use my yoga practice 
as a vehicle for change. That when I go on that mat, I am able to remember I need this awareness of what is happening. I need to care for myself so that I can show up for my community and care and fight for change. Absolutely. That very, very beautiful point. Um, and I love that. Is that enough? Because you're right. It's not wrong to want to go and get your nails done or go and buy a mask or go and splurge on something that makes you feel nice. But is that enough? Are you nourishing your inner self too? Yes. And especially as a woman identified person for myself, I have been socialized to care for everybody else over myself. And uh, that is the part where I have really had to question. And, you know, we hear this in the mom community, the parent community, the dad community, the parent guilt of, am I doing enough? Am I giving enough to everyone else? And we need to really shift that back to ourselves. Am I giving enough to myself so that I can give to others. And so I'm really excited about this shift from this boss lady to this care community or space that we are going through as a collective. Because if we're not caring for ourselves as these things happen, we cannot show up for our family, our community and our world. And right now they need it more than ever. Absolutely. We can't show up anymore if we don't. If we don't, we'll, we'll all get to the point, like you said, where it's like, I'm not watching the news today because I just can't. And sometimes that's also okay because right. the, the world, man, it is bananas. And the media specifically is, is pretty. Yes. And I think that's why it's also important to be able to not just watch the mainstream media with your NBCs, ABCs, but also find those BIPOC voices. And particularly for me, that's a lens. I live my life through a very racialized lens as a Latina and to find those voices that are doing the news. So some of my favorite podcasts, I love um, Latino USA which is a great podcast that they talk about this investigative journalism from a BIPOC perspective on some of the topics that aren't being covered in the mainstream media, like immigration, family, uh, politics. And then, of course, the other podcast that they have is In the Thick. And it is politics, culture, and news from a POC BIPOC perspective. And it is so helpful to hear these journalists who are questioning and being very critical, not critical in the way of being negative Nellies, but being critical about, well, if we are going to do this, what does that mean for our BIPOC communities or those communities that we're not even thinking about our abled body communities? our communities of female identified, of folks who are able to have children and identify as trans. It's really important that we think through those pieces. And, and I love that about this consciousness. And I've learned that through yoga, 
of being able to open my thoughts and my minds to multiple truths. There are multiple truths out there. Everyone has a story. And that's why I love podcasting because it gives us this chance to share our stories together with each other. Yes, it's one of my favorite things too, as well, to just listen and to hear what everyone thinks. And mm-hmm. most everyone wants to share. If you ask them about themselves, they want to share because they mm-hmm. want to be heard, seen, and connected to. Yes. And who doesn't want that? Exactly. Like- And I think it is through yoga of being able to use those breathing practices because, you know, sometimes there are things that I'm in conversation with people who do not share the same thoughts or values or expectations of what is occurring, especially since the 2016 election with people close to my family who I love and respect. And we might not be in alignment in regards to our political ideologies or our social ideologies. And how can I continue to be in relationship with those folks and honor who they are and know who they are and not let that impact me and my energy and the way that I show up with them because of this one thing, because I could name a million other things too that I love about them. And that yoga has been such a helpful space for that because it is a space about liberation. It is a space about social justice. And how can I know everyone is on their own journey towards that, whatever that might look like. And they might be in a different place than I am on the mat. And that's also okay. Yes, beautifully put. And this leads me, I feel like, into our next topic very well. So we've talked a lot about ways in which the BIPOC community specifically, you as a Latina specifically, have been trying to foster this idea of wellness within your community and -hmm. communities like yours. So what was it like as someone of color, as a Latina, to start to enter this wellness space, this yoga world? I think for me at the beginning, when I first started just practicing, I always went to the back of the room. I stayed quiet. I came in, I did my own thing because I didn't feel I belonged in the white, female, cisgendered, thin bodied space. And I think I had the confidence in myself. And I always say uh, to my friends, I'm like, mind your own mat because it's about my experience, my mat right now. Am I practicing in community? Not in the sense that I would hope where I feel like someone else's liberation is connected to mine in the same way, because we're also individualistic. And especially again, it is very much the US context. And that was a piece that was really missing for me to be able to say and come in and be like, hey, how are you and feel seen? was a piece that was always missing. And one of the reasons why I started some of my home practice, because I was going to the studio, learning the asanas, doing whatever was going on in there. And then I would go home and try to do it on my own, which I think is a great way to find that space for yourself and find those instructors and find the ways to connect to make it make sense for me. 
And one of my favorite things, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, maybe this isn't a good fit for us, whether it's <laughs> me and another person, me in a studio, me in a whatever, um, because it holds space for the fact that we were in connection. We shared an experience that brought us together and we're recognizing that it's not necessarily conducive for both of us to stay. Yes. Absolutely. And I have to say, I did have the opportunity to go on one of the MVP retreats to Hawaii last October in 2021. And that was an actual space of connection. It was amazing to be in a group of people where as we practiced, even for our first time all together, you know, we didn't really know each other. And here we are sharing a a house and uh, eating space and a living space. And we had to say, hey, I see you. And my connection is your connection because we are here for the same purpose, to support one another in a yogic practice as a community and to share what is it that we're individually getting and how can we support one another in that experience. And I just have to say, because of that retreat, I have remained friends with that group of people. So shout out to Desi, Angela, and Danny. What's up, girls? Um, It has been so amazing to have that connection of being in a community where I felt seen and I could show up as my most broken self. And it was still okay. And that is the type of yoga space that I look for when I go out there and why I created my yoga studio. I really want folks, and especially Latinas, to know from the very onset, hey, you don't have to be who society tells you you are as a Latina. Like, be you. I got you. What's up? Like, let's live that life. I think that it's really important and something we talk about in all of the diversity and inclusion and trauma-informed and just just the when we talk about holding space for people, for other people, we talk about how important it is to walk into a space and see someone who looks like you and how that is sets the foundation more than anything else can to not even need to talk to anyone really. You just walk in and you see, I'm welcome here because someone who looks like me is here. 100%. It really makes a difference to know that, oh, wow, like here's somebody who may have a similar experience. And I also think it's that challenge to not stereotype, right? That each of us has our own experience. I might meet another Latina who has never lived a life like I have. And that's okay too. And I think that's also the beauty of yoga that it asks us to remain curious and to remain in connection and be able to explore, okay, what does does this relationship mean for us as we're connecting here in this space? And I think one of the most important things for me as someone who is white presenting as well, to be able to step into this space of, I am not right. My perception is just perception. And that is so opening to then talk to other people and not take things as like aggression or, or 
um, argumentative. And it's really transformed my personal relationships too, to just be able to be like, okay, we can recognize perception as perception and we can talk about it without recognizing either of us are good or bad. And we're both divine. Yes. And it's that curiosity to say, hey, this is my perception. So you know what? Let me just ask. Like, this is what I am perceiving. Help me understand how are you today? And especially in personal relationships with close family, I've got to say that's been probably the one of the most helpful pieces in the communication process between me and my partner, where I can say, hey, babe, like, how you doing? Like, this is what I'm perceiving. You seem very tense. I'm feeling this energy. And I know this is not a perception that I want to create a story about. I want you to tell me your story. Yes. And it's transformative for my own like personal relationship with myself too, because I, I got to this point where it was, I was feeling guilty for these judgments that came up because we get stuck in this before we know we get stuck in the, in the reactions, right? We live from our judgment base, just reactions. And until we start to learn that I'm realizing the story is coming into my awareness, but that I can also just let it go and that it's not me and that I can choose to reframe this. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is absolutely the case, especially for me, it's been in the workplace at showing up as a Latina in spaces where I tend to be one of the only or few BIPOC identified folks. I am uh, white presenting as well, very light skin for those who are not able to see me. And folks will forget that I am not living the same experience as them. And when I say folks, I name white folks. And I think it's so important for me to be able to even sometimes pose the question to advocate for myself and say, what is your perception of what I'm saying right now? Can you help me by repeating back what it is that you heard? so that I can ensure that what I'm saying is getting across to you and then I understand where you are and where I am. Yes, what I hear you saying is. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, great counseling technique. I got that from Michelle. Um, and it's, and again, it's really helped like my relationships with honestly everyone if I can give myself the space to to ask the question and yes. not assume and it is so helpful because it really makes you feel seen if somebody is able to repeat back to me what I hear you saying is xyz then I really feel like wow they were listening and especially in the age of technology and I do a lot of zoom meetings I'm like what are they doing right now? Are they like watching TV over there? Do they have 50 million other windows up and they're not really listening? I have done that at times. And I'm like, oh, girl, bring it back. Uh, so it is a way to be able to say, hey, what are you all hearing? And I've used that in work with friends, with uh, clients. It is a wonderful way of making sure we are all seeing and hearing each other. And also just a way of mirroring and deepening our learning by saying it ourselves. I love all of this, um, which and it also kind of leads me into my next and uh, final question for you. 
So with all of this in mind, we're, we're talking about how important it is to, you know, hold space for people for their stories and to find that common ground of connection. How can we in the yoga community begin to foster or continue to foster diversity and inclusion and showcase the true like origins of yoga as it's from India and showcase people of color and showcase ideas from people of color? That is a great question. The idea of action. It's wonderful to raise our awareness of these topics. And there comes a time where we all need to hold ourselves accountable to taking some action. And as I shared at the beginning, as a recovering perfectionist, I was making missteps. There were times where I would say something trying to be better as an ally, as someone who is supportive and someone who is complicit in helping change the narrative around the BIPOC experience. And I wasn't perfect at it. So I think a lot of the work comes to self first. As you get on that mat, as you get ready to get into that conversation, are you ready to be wrong? And that's okay. Because when you deal with the biggest fear that you have, you were able to overcome it. And this was a great meditation this morning by Deepak <laughs> uh, Chopra. And I will share it. It says ABCs of meditation and the word F is fear. And he really shares that we need to name what we fear most. We, we fear being wrong. We fear not saying the right thing. We fear X, Y, Z thing. And if we're not willing to face it and do it, then we will always stay paralyzed for action. I think at the end of the day, we have to be okay knowing that we're trying and coming from this space of curiosity and leading with that. And also understanding and being respectful of folks saying, I don't want to share that with you. And that I think is a bigger fear, especially looking at racial work for white identified folks. They don't want to be told no. They're like, well, I'm being curious. And I asked and they said, no. And that is the best thing that you can do is hear no, because that means that person does not feel ready or trusting of your space. So how do you person who has heard no stay in relationship and say, okay, let's try to connect in other ways. Are there ways that we connect about you know, kids? Is there ways to connect about our favorite boy band? Are there ways to connect about our favorite shows or podcasts? That is absolutely important. And then in regards to the yoga community, very specifically, there are amazing, amazing yoga wellness entrepreneurs who are BIPOC doing great work out there. Holla to Angie Franklin with Afro Yoga it's important that we listen to folks like this that are helping elevate further voices and creating that ripple effect for our communities. To check out my Instagram, La Brega Yoga, what's up? And be able to elevate those stories. It's where I'm sharing some pretty vulnerable stuff because I want people to know what my experience is like. 
And there are those passive ways using social media for folks to learn as a dominant identity person to continue being curious. I'm looking at and currently reading Queer Dharma, which is a wonderful book. And again, right, I tend to always lean first into race and I need to challenge myself as a heteronormative cisgendered person, what does yoga look like for others who have a different identity? Because I am coming from a space of a dominant identity. And that's where I have been leaning in myself to do better and to continue to listen to the voices that have been most at the margins and finding ways to center them. So I really appreciate folks learning about the lineage of yoga, also being open to the various lineages with comedic yoga and exploring that experience as well. That is that Black liberatory focused yoga and being open to really honoring the true roots of yoga. I'm currently going through a yoga teacher training 300 hour through the Ignite Institute with Susanna Bakataki. And it is such a great way of looking at how a decolonized class can be done that makes me feel like I'm being seen and I'm learning so much. And it all started with NVP, that doing my 200 hour, doing my ritual guide training, doing my meditation coaching, my wellness coaching. And that has all helped me be able to deepen and start with those introductory pieces of what does this mean for me? And now how do I elevate that to the next level to support others? Okay, several things. I run the MVP uh, book club and I put Queer Dharma on there for several months. It's like, friends, I want to read this book. And so it didn't get chosen, but um, I'm, I need to buy it for myself because it sounds really wonderful. Um, second, Susanna Barkataki. We read her book, Embracing Yoga's Roots. And mm-hmm. ever since then, I've been in love with her. I follow her. Her page brings me so much joy. Um, I am super curious to connect offline about your experience about, uh, with her teacher training. Um, cause that's amazing that you mm-hmm. are having that opportunity to do that because it does seem like a very BIPOC non-cisgendered mm-hmm. focused training, mm-hmm. which is unheard of in the West. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's that piece of opening the curiosity of, okay, what is it that I want to be able to learn and do? And NVP, because of the online training, so Yoga Alliance, hope you're hearing, hope past whatever the deadline is that we can keep some form of online training because I would have never had these opportunities to deepen my understanding and of yoga and being able to share with others if it was only in person. And it has been so powerful to use social media to see and hear these voices that I wasn't seeing in the yoga studio. And now I call many of these folks my friends because we are building community to support one another. So folks who are looking to deepen their understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion, 
just check out the amazing work that is being put out there and that's being put out there really for free for a lot of folks. So please also consider in supporting these folks for their work, giving reparations to our black yogis, to our Indian Desi native yogis who are putting this work for you to consume and they deserve our financial support, our emotional support and our energy support. Yes, absolutely. Um, Kelly, thank you so much uh, for being here and for sharing your time, your space, your knowledge, your wisdom, your energy, all of it. It's been so wonderful. Um, I feel like we could have another conversation. So we'll connect via email and see what happens from here. But um, is there anything else you want to share before we part ways for our episode? Yes, I want to give a huge shout out to Michelle Young and uh, Angela Dean. They are two people, as I was going through the 200 hour training, there was something that came up that just gave me a ooh bad billy niggle around DEI work in a course. And they were so open for me as a student, somebody that they didn't know, to hear my story. And I think that is why I have stayed a part of MVP and have continued learning from this community because everybody within the org from the very top with Michelle and Angela, all the way down to me as this person sitting in Pullman, Washington, we are able to support and have a community of learning. So I just wanna say thank you so much to NVP, this community, and I am a proud alumna and continue looking forward to being a part of this. Thank you so much. Again, we're thankful to have you as a part of this community. Um, we wouldn't be what we are without our students and our community. Um, and I say our, like I'm part of that. I wouldn't be here without Michelle either, you know, and all of that. Um, so it's really, it's really been such a, like you said, a gift. Um, the biggest upside from all of this, everything shifting online is the connection that I've been able to have. We've been able to have with people we might not ever have connected with before. Absolutely. Um, so thank you again for being here, listeners. We will have links to all of those pages we talked about um, in the description. Thanks again, Kelly. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. And we will see you next time.